Hello, humans, and welcome to Exposing Isolation. My name is Rebecca Elizabeth Weber, and today is December 23rd, 2019. So I want to start out by talking um, about Saturday. So today's Monday. Um, On Saturday, the 21st, my family all came over for our family Christmas. And I just wanted to talk a few points on that um, in terms of what it was like to have multiple chemical sensitivity, social anxiety, and a few other things, uh, and going through that experience. And so it was it was fun. Um, it was easy enough to just go upstairs because it was just upstairs um, in my grandparents' house. And um, most of my family was here. There's 15 of us in total. The only person who wasn't here was one of my aunts. And um, for the most part, people have, or my family have, like they know that I have multiple chemical sensitivity and they think about not being scented around me. And some of the people in my family aren't scented. They don't use scented things. But a few of them... Um, are scented and I'm not really sure what to do about it. Like, um, it's kind of one of the reasons why I want to put so much work. It's one of the motivations for doing this work and raising awareness and working on scentneutrality.com and just being public about my intolerances, my limitations, and the impact that toxins in fragranced products have on me. Um, I spent the first couple of years with this condition really like angrily telling people that they sucked if they didn't go fragrance-free and that they were hurting me and that they couldn't love me if they wouldn't go fragrance-free. Sometimes I still do get upset when I think about how um, people are either knowingly or ignorantly hurting me or making it harder for me to participate in family things. Um, But I also know that it's just really hard to transition um, and that everybody has other things going on. They have their own issues maybe other like their own health issues or their own concerns, their own life paths and completely switching um, from products that they've always used or that they like or that work for them, you know, like work for their hair type, work for their body type, work for their needs in terms of like deodorant or, you know, they like the smell, different stuff like that. And getting somebody um, who only sees me like a couple of times a year to transition is a really big ask. And, um, so that was just like a part of Saturday was getting triggered a bit because of the fragrances. And I don't wear my mask around my family. Um, I did on vacation when it came to like, you know, there was like a campfire outside and stuff like that, but I don't tend to wear my mask around my family. Whereas I do wear my mask or a mask cause I have like 10 of them. Um, when I go out to like grocery shopping and stuff like all the time now, cause I'm not willing to like, I'm kind of trading like that it will be socially awkward to wear a mask around people for like inevitably getting triggered, especially this time of the year because of all like the Christmas scented pine cones and stuff like that, which are some of the most toxic uh, triggers for me personally. And I know a lot for other people who struggle with uh, hypersensitivity to chemicals. Um, So that was just part was just... um, 
the fact that some people were triggered and I was around them for several hours. So I did um, experience some uh, worsening of symptoms on Saturday and now it's Monday and I'm still pretty tired. Um, the other thing that happens when my family's all together is that they're not the best at expressing themselves. They get very teasy, kind of like mean to each other, jokes, I guess. Um, and they can be like pretty like violent. I don't want to like underplay it or overplay it, but they're always like smacking each other and stuff. And it, it makes me so nervous and it makes my anxiety really bad. They, they do not touch me by the way. Like people aren't rude to me. They don't touch me. I never get hit. I don't get hurt. Like people know not even to like mess with me one, because I won't stand for it on myself. Thomas is the same way. Um, but also that I will bruise really easily. And like, I just, I won't, I don't, I don't play those games. Um, absolutely not allowed. Um, and that's even like, not in like the kind of smacking each other things that like my cousins do to each other, but also like, um, just being like super athletic, like the little ones like can't jump on me and pull on me and stuff just cause like I'll get hurt easily. Um, just cause of, I don't even know what part of my, uh, limitations or conditions or diagnoses or whatever that is. Um, but it just like, everything hurts more on me than, um, maybe with your average person or with other people than me. Um, everything just like hurts more. Um, it's been suggested that maybe that's fibromyalgia. Um, but I don't have really the other symptoms of fibromyalgia, so I don't know. Um, Anyway, I I survived it. I did it. I worked on it. Um, the best parts, though, were even just like talking about my conditions at the gathering. Like, even though I have now um, had multiple chemical sensitivity and chronic fatigue syndrome, and we we know about the chronic or the complex PTSD um, and some of the other things. Like we like in my family, it's just. You don't really talk about things that much, but um, I've been a little bit like more open and like honest with my family about my struggles and things that I'm working on, and everything seems to be a little bit more communicative, a little bit warmer. Um, and so, I decided to be somewhat brave for me um, on Saturday, and I told my mom and my stepdad and my aunt about like the work that I'm doing. I mentioned this podcast and that I really want to create content just showing off what I do, documenting what my life is like, sharing my story of how I got here, what's working for me from a very like personal and vulnerable place. Um, to me, that's different than trying to create resources, articles, content that teach you or other people um, what they should do. I'm trying to stay away from prescriptive or even like really educational content because, you know, I can say what I do to prepare if I know that I'm going to be in a triggering situation and what I do when I get home from a triggering situation. Um, and if that helps you or somebody that you know that has similar or the same conditions as me, great. But I don't want to say, this is what you should do before you go. This is what you should do when you get back. Um, this is what I eat. This is what you should eat. Like shoulds are harsh and I probably wouldn't talk like that anyway, but that's kind of what I learned when I was like talking to my stepdad 
talking to my mom. Um, with my aunt, what I was talking about, so one of my aunts was there, the other one was, um, was that she she works a lot in schools. A lot of the people in my family work in schools. And she was noting that there's a lot more kids out there who are um, becoming hypersensitive. Maybe they're nonverbal um, or like other spectrums, um, other s- symptoms, but there's just a lot more kids out there right now who uh, unfortunately seem to be kind of on the same path that I was towards like just having a really hard time interacting with people in person, whether that's anxiety or other things, hypersensitive to foods, smells, light, um, and different stimuli. And so that just made me even more convicted to just share my experience, my stories, what's working with me so that maybe some of these kids as they're growing up and as they're like teenagers or young adults and they're getting to the point where like college is too much like it was for me or my body shut down a couple of times during those years due to stress and now we know that burnout syndrome is a real thing and it's an actual diagnosis the world health organization has said like burnout is a real medical condition now um, they're trying to keep it restricted to just work, but I think that they need to expand it to talking about burnout from school, um, which is what happened to me, like a combination of burnout from school and also working on my first organization, Middle Women. So I just, I think that there is a market, a niche, maybe a growing market and you know widening niche of um, people interested in consuming the content of those who are struggling from wanting to feel less alone, wanting to hear how other people are living their lives. And even maybe for better or for worse, there's kind of like a growing fascination with what it's like to live your life when you um, have chronic illness, you have limitations, you have a disability, and how do you get by? How do you live your life? How do you meet your needs? Um, And with the presidential election coming up in 2020, um, and we have, you know, my and Thomas's number one uh, candidate, Andrew Yang, talking about um, representation um, because his one of his sons is autistic, uh, is on the spectrum, and just trying to figure out like how can people be valuable without having to be. Um, have a financially lucrative offering that they can deliver to the world and just trying to make room for more people and their stories and their experiences and, um, you know, what they have to offer the world um, is really broadening and expanding right now. And so I just, I want to be a part of it and I want to be as mindful as I can um, offend as few people as possible and stay uh, genuine and authentic to my own story. And so uh, this podcast is part of it. I'm working on other things too. I'm writing an article today. Well, I started writing one and it kind of turned into many. And so I'm just going to keep going with this. And thank you so much for um, listening. I think things are going well. I'm proud of myself for being more open and honest with some of my family about what my priorities and goals are and for them to be supportive really meant a lot for me um, and for you listening yet again. Uh, it, that means a lot to me too. So 
Thanks, and I'll catch you on the next one.